Okay. I apologize, you all. The podcast somehow it just ended on its own, so I'm just restarting it. Um, but I am gonna post one is gonna be part one, and the other one can be part two. But when I post it um, via Zoom, you'll just have access to the entire video, so there was no like um, this no disruption in the the Zoom video. Okay, and so just moving forward from here, right? We have, um, so, so Cain and Abel, right? Cain is giving in into this anger and anger is desiring him. So we see that that is what the scripture is saying. It says it right there. So, so God is saying here, look in verse seven, if thou doest well, let me, let me go back to the NIV version. So in verse seven, it says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So now we see in this instant that sin, sin desires people, right? Sin can desire you. So this anger that he is having is desiring him so that that is it's like the anger is chasing him because he's given in to the anger and so now the anger won't leave because he's given in to it so the sin is desiring him like eve desired the tree that god told her not to eat from right so these are different realms that people open up in their life you know, like you could open up realms of uh, poverty. Don't do that. Right. And I'm going to talk about that today. But um, let me just go back to the go back here. So now we see that in First Corinthians 15 and three. I'm sorry. What was First Corinthians 15 and three that um, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. So once we have an understanding that Christ died for us, how does that make you feel? How does it change your heart to understand that Christ died in place of all of your wrong? He was beat and bruised and like killed, murdered, everything else. He was crucified on the cross for you, right? And so when I think about just Christ dying, it gives me hope because it allows us to have atonement for our sins. For when we, you know, are doing things, sometimes we have conscious sins and we have these unconscious sins. And so unconscious sins is when you're doing things and you don't know that you're sinning, but you're sinning. Okay. Conscious sins is when you're sinning and you know what you're doing is wrong, but yet and still you continue to do them. Right. So that is in first Corinthians 15 and three. Let's look at Deuteronomy 29 and 29. It says the secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we follow all the words of this law. 
And so what this means is that God wants us to understand that he has revealed what we, what needs to be revealed to us already. So you have all of the tools that you need in order to be victorious in life. You have everything that you need. So the problem is, is that when people deviate and sort of deter from what God has already given them, that's where the confusion comes in. So instead of you following what the word of God says that you should follow, now you're following deceiving spirits and you're listening to all of these different people that are reshaping and transforming your mind instead of God and his word being able to transform your mind. So we understand in John 1 and 1 that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. And so as we understand that we understand that the word of god is god so when you listen to the word of god you're listening to god when you're playing the word of god on the audio that is allowing god to be present where you are right and so all of these things is very important to pay attention to so if you're listening to certain um music or certain programs television programs or certain youtube or social media um platforms where you are following certain people that are um basically in contradiction to what god is saying those things are also influencing you right so the word of god is present when you're playing it on the audio so what makes you think other realms of spirits are not present when you're listening to those things so what I realized was the type of music that I listen to and also the type of programming that I listen to, like as far as music and um, different, different YouTube videos, those things are not always going to be beneficial to what is going to advance you into the kingdom of God. And so you want to make sure that you are protecting your space in a way that you allow the blood of Jesus to surround you at all times, right? And so to understand this fully is to understand that no one should be concerned about the lost books. No one needs to be concerned about all of these other different things out here unless you're trying to advance others into the kingdom of God. So let everything be done for the glory of God, right? So we're looking at Deuteronomy 29 and 29 again. The secret things belong to the Lord, our God. So God has done things for you that you don't even know about. Okay. God has done and fought on your behalf and you didn't even know. Okay. There are so many things that are unsaid that are still unknown. So the unsaid things are unknown. And if you understand that these are secret things that belong to the Lord, these are things you would never know about. So when you go on the exploration trying to understand God, you first need to understand the word he has given you. God allowed, it says in the Bible that God's word, let me go to this scripture. Here we go. So you go to Isaiah 55 and 11 and says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, 
but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing where to I sent it. So God's word is going to go out and it's going to accomplish that which he sent out to do. Period. That's it. And so we don't, we can be, we can understand that if God, God has allowed his word, which is the Bible that is comprised of the Hebrew scrolls and also the Greek to be implemented into society in such a way where it changes the lives of everyone that reads it. Many times, even when you read the entire Bible, you can go back and read it and still receive a different interpretation of something else. It's because as you mature in your relationship and your walk with Christ, the word of God and your level of understanding is also going to mature. And so we understand that based off of this scripture, Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret of God. So don't go try to search for other stuff. Because if you go on a search for different ideologies, it, it could really hinder your walk with Christ. So you don't want to do that. Whatever you read, you want to make sure that you're protected by the blood of God. And so you say, Father God, touch me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I plead the blood of Jesus from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I build a firewall of protection, God. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. I plead the blood of Jesus from every wall, every corner, every window, every door, every crack in my house. I plead the blood of Jesus in Jesus' name. Right. So God, give me traveling mercies. I plead the blood of Jesus over my steps, over my children's steps in Jesus name. So every step that we take, every thought that we think, every word that we speak, Father God, bless it, Lord, with your blood in the name of Jesus. Let us be influenced and inspired by by you, God. When you when you speak certain things and you understand the different secrets, like God is so fascinating. There is no word that is humanly possible that could really describe God. Okay. Um, so God has given us certain things for us that to be revealed to us so that we can take those things and apply what we need to. So when you uh, when you start reading the Bible, some people are so confused to the point where they're like, okay, well, this parable and this metaphor, I just they just really don't understand it. It is because sometimes when some people have been living a certain type of life for so long, it is difficult for them to understand scripture, the Holy Scriptures. The reason why is because the Bible says that God has allowed them to be blinded. They, they're blinded so they cannot see and their ears cannot hear. Um, least they turn away. Okay, so let me let me just pull up that scripture too. Let me one second here. Okay, here we go. In John 12 and 40, it says, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so they can neither see, or see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn and I will heal them. And so God, what he does is many times when people have like fallen away or they have, you know, um, been submissive to all of these other different realms, right? Of anger and hate and um, uh, covetousness and 
and just jealousy and slander and they've given in to all these other different things and and just basically forgotten about god they don't pray they don't believe in god they don't respect god they've denounced and renounced god and so all of those people sometimes when they're trying to read the bible or someone is speaking to them it's a different type of deception that is surrounding them and so just the same way god allow us to be protected with his blood so we protect it from with god's blood from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet in the name of jesus christ when god uses his blood to protect us and we speak the blood of jesus over us and we speak the blood of jesus over our feet and over our steps what happens is that in the same way people are allowing these different realms to dictate their path and so um, when they step and when they walk, they walking into further deception. When they're when they're thinking, their their thoughts are leading further and further into deception. When they're speaking, their words are like further and further de- deceptive. It is because of their beliefs. So God allowed their hearts to be hardened and their eyes to be blinded, so they can see nothing. Or they can't understand anything. Okay. And so the way to be able to see and understand what God is saying, you have to invite Jesus Christ to your life. And you you have to have access to the Holy Spirit. And so this is a way that God allows us to be able to um, just, you know, just just to be able to understand his word. Right. And so... um, that's what it means. Okay. So going back here to Deuteronomy. So the secret things belong to the Lord. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that you have access to everything. You don't have access to everything. There are some secrets that just specifically belong to God. So when you're asking all of these other questions and you're like, oh, okay, well, God, I want to know this and I want to know that. Yes, God will tell you, but there are some secrets that simply they belong to God and that's it. And so, um, but the things revealed, those things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the, all the words of this law. Okay. And so now I want to go to, uh, first Corinthians 15 and okay. I just went over 15 and three. Why do I got this up here twice? That's because I just been writing and reading stuff. I apologize about that. So I got to edit that. Um, Okay, so I'm going to go to Jude chapter 1 verse 22. And so remove the doubt and unbelief and replace the... I meant to put Jude with compliment each others. So I'm going to edit this really quick. That's what I meant to put there. And Jude 1 and 22. All right, so I'm going to go to James 1 and 3 now. So James 1 and 3 is because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So God has given each and every one of us a measure of faith. And so what that means is that we should be able to maintain that faith, right? Sometimes, excuse me, sometimes faith, people can have inverted um faith where they don't is a negative instead of a positive so you're not having faith in god now you're walking around filled with doubt and unbelief 
And so this doubt and unbelief that you have is hindering you from trusting God and from having per perseverance. And so the way that you have perseverance is that you understand that adversity is a norm, right? You understand that problems are going to happen every single day. They can happen whenever, right? But when problems do happen, you are prepared for them. When adversity do take place, you are prepared for them. And sometimes you might not be prepared, but when you're, you're walking with the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, you're going to be prepared for whatever is coming. God is going to allow you to be prepared for whatever it is that is coming. So just understand that adversity is a normal process that brings about perseverance. So faith produces perseverance. So therefore, if you think about perseverance, you're going to have adversity. You're going to have problems. You're going to have concerns. You're going to have issues. There are going to be a lot of inequality around the world. These are things that are always going to take place. You have racism. You have prejudice. You have uh, disparities. You have all of these different things happening around the world. That's because you have people who have given authority to other realms that are their guiding force. So if God is your guiding force, God is your authority. Other people are giving other things authority and power in their life. If it was not so, the Bible wouldn't talk about how their eyes are blinded and their hearts are hardened. So we have to understand that everything that the word of God says is true. Everything from the beginning, middle, and end. Everything all the way through and through. So in order to fully understand these things is that faith produces perseverance. But if your faith is now doubt, you don't have faith anymore. You have doubt. Your faith has now become inverted, which is negative. And so instead of you being able to use faith to persevere, you have inverted faith, which is negative, negative, and, and, and now you have doubt and unbelief. Your doubt and unbelief is supporting those problems. Your doubt and unbelief is supporting the adversities that you're experiencing. Your doubt and unbelief is supporting those problems that you're going through. Because all you're doing is attenuating or just focusing on the problem, the adversity, the issue, the concern. Those are the doubt and unbelief. Oh, this situation, I don't know what to do and I can't move forward. And, and it's like all doubt filled words. God doesn't want you to go through these um, experiences of doubt and unbelief. He wants you to prevail. God wants you to triumph, right? And so in order for you to do that, you don't want to have inverted faith where it's doubt and unbelief, right? Your doubt and unbelief is now producing more problems. Your doubt and unbelief is, is, is giving you more adversities. Because now you're looking in all of the wrong places to try to subdue your situation or to neutralize your situation or to minimize and eradicate the situation. But how can you do that if you're not having faith that produces perseverance? So you want to have faith that produces 
perseverance in your life. Okay. And the way that you do that is keep hope and your, your faith in God. Even when you test it, keep your faith. Know that you can trust God. You can fall back on God and God will pick you up. Know that you can trust God because your faith will produce perseverance. Okay. So. Now, um, going to. Going to the next thing um, to stay positive. You want to compliment others every day if you can. So let me uh, remove some of these scriptures here that I have. Okay, some more up here. Okay, so we have um, compliment others every day if you can. So let's go to Proverbs 12 and 25. It says, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. So guess what? Sometimes I have talked to people where like all I hear is just bad 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 negative 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 it's like this happened that happened this happened that happened all of these bad things happen and it's like what you're supposed to do is understand that sometimes you might not get the encouragement that you need and you have to be inspired in some way you might have to encourage yourself and the way you encourage yourself is you when you give in to god and you read the word and say god you just inspired me today you just encouraged me lord so god is the one who inspires and god is the one who encourages you right so guess what Take the word of God and let it inspire you. Okay, so I wanted to give an, an analogy, right? Because I was pretty much going through like a uh, experience. And so I want to talk about some explicit stuff right now. All right. So this conversation going forward is for mature audiences only. All right. And so... um. And it's going to be sensitive. So if it's sensitive to your ears, this is probably not something that you want to continue listening to. All right. And so, okay. So I wanted to just talk about some of the internal inconsistencies that I was going through. For instance, like I had fornicated and I was going through like an internal battle within myself, like my thoughts and my body was like feeling like having sexual immorality, having sexual intimacy. And I had to make sure that how how do I keep feeling this? I so I had to make sure that I, I, I stay in prayer. And so I just kept praying to God and I was praying and I was praying. And I, I started thanking God. But then it was like my flesh on the inside I was internally fighting like withdrawal and so it wasn't withdrawal in a way where it's a withdrawal like from smoking but i don't smoke i don't do anything i don't drink i don't use drugs i don't do any of that so 
The thing about it is when I did used to smoke, I quit smoking. I had like this shaky withdrawal feeling like I want to smoke, right? But then I didn't have it anymore once it eventually subdued and I was able to quit smoking. And so now it was like with me having had fornicated, my body was like feeling different. And also like um, just the, the inside, it, it, it felt like I was having like a withdrawal from these uh feelings of cravings like i was craving this fornication the sexual intimacy and i was like okay so i haven't felt this way and i haven't been fornicating so why am i feeling this way now and so god what god explained to me is that you know sometimes we may feel like we're going through life and we're like fully overcome something. Um, so like I thought I had fully overcome like sexual desire when in fact I didn't. So like, and we are always gonna go through like these um, constant battles within ourselves. And so like, it, it felt like I was going through like a withdrawal on the inside. And I know I talked about like my ex-husband and stuff um, and how he was a sex addict and you know, uh, but for me, I don't look at myself as a sex addict, right? I literally hadn't had been intimate. I was celibate since uh, June 10th of 2022. And so for me to have experienced all of these feelings, what it did was it just made me realize just how weak my flesh was. And so I had to call upon the name of the Lord. And then I, when I, I looked in the scripture where it says this. Um, so God's power. Uh, if you go to the Bible and you go to uh, 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that the power may rest on me. And so it was like, okay. So I was thinking that I was strong, you know, this entire time until I experienced this, these withdrawals from sex. And I didn't know that I would be feeling like that. But I did. And so what I want to say is this. We are all going to fall short. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. But that doesn't mean that God gives up on us. That doesn't mean that God turns his back on us. See, our flesh condemns us. Our flesh is deteriorates. Our flesh is something that, you know, eventually will die off. The flesh, right? But our flesh tries to control our desires. Our flesh tries to influence the God that's in us. See, God is in us because the Holy Spirit is in us. So as Holy Spirit is in us, God is influencing us. And we have to let go of what our desires are and let go of the flesh. Our flesh is always going to want something. Our flesh is always going to desire. But that doesn't mean that we have to give in to those desires. God wants us 
to prevail. Just remember, God wants you to prevail. God wants you to triumph. And so in our weakness, God is, God's power is perfect within us. So I felt like I just had to keep reading the scripture over and over again. For God's power is perfect in my weakness. God's power is perfect in my weakness. God's power is perfect in my weakness. In the name of Jesus Christ. So you take, put your name in it. The God's power is perfect in Deanna's weakness and my weakness. God's power is stronger in me than any weakness that I have. So I was able to overcome smoking. Now I need to overcome these feelings. And it's like, okay. So now I'm I'm I, time I'm having a feeling that I know is in contrary to what God wants for me. Just go ahead and say 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. God's power is made perfect in my weakness in the name of Jesus Christ. So we got to speak it. We got to believe it. Once you speak it, faith comes by hearing and 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 hearing the word of God. So I'm going to say it again. Faith comes by what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. So all of these things will allow us to be able to have faith in God. Once you continue to listen to the word of God and speak the word of God, your faith is going to improve. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I'll get to that scripture in a minute, but I'm not there yet. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you have to understand that when you see your faith alone, right? God has given you a measure of faith. God has given each and every one of us a measure of faith. And so what that means is that, yes, you have been gifted with faith. You have a measure of faith. All of us have a measure of faith. So then why does the scripture say, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. If God has get, let me go to this scripture. So I'm gonna go to this scripture, okay? Um, this is Hebrews eleven and six. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So God wants us to diligently seek him. And we seek him even when our faith is being tested. We still seek God even when we are being tested by everything around us. We still need to diligently seek God. How do we diligently seek him? It's like if you had to go to work. Are you going to get up and go to work? You're going to get up. You're going to be on time. If it, if your job depending on you being at work at eight o'clock, are you going to be at work at eight o'clock? If you were going to lose your job and you didn't go to work at eight o'clock, would you be at work at eight o'clock? You most probably would be there before eight o'clock, right? And so that's diligently being on time. You are seeking God. So God wants us to seek him diligently. Right. So, yes, you've been given a measure of faith. But like I said, 
if your faith gets inverted to doubt and unbelief, you don't have faith anymore. Now your faith has been turned into doubt and unbelief. So your hope is in that doubt. Your hope is in that unbelief. You keep speaking it, you're you going to believe it. If faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word, then doubt is going to come by hearing and hearing and hearing doubts. Unbelief is going to come by hearing and hearing and hearing unbelief. So doubt and unbelief is transferred to others when they continue to hear it and hear it and hear it. Because once you keep hearing something for so long, you're going to start believing it. Then it's going to manifest into your thoughts. Then you're going to believe it and it's going to come out of you. It's going to be spoken out of you. You're speaking doubt and unbelief. So understand what the word of God is saying. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. Okay. If, since faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing, you can anticipate that doubt is going to come by hearing and hearing doubt and unbelief. So speak the things that you want it to be, okay? Um, moving forward from Proverbs uh, 12 and 25. So understand that anxiety will weigh down the heart, but a kind word will cheer it up. So let the word cheer you up if you're not getting encouragement from nobody else read the word of god read the bible you know many women are going through experiences in your life and you know those experiences are really like sometimes heartbreaking it could it could bring about emotional numbness where you feel emotionally numb but don't rebound on another guy make sure that you rebound with god rebound into the word rebound in a way where you're going to do something different in your life that you've done before because if you rebounding in all these other ways that you've been doing over and over and over and over and over again what do you anticipate is going to happen you're going to recycle your mistake so there's no no reason to recycle no mistakes forget the recycling of these mistakes rebound and do something different rebound into the word of god rebound and start speaking life rebound and speak faith rebound and have faith in god don't rebound into another relationship don't rebound into this or rebound into that wait on god to send you the husband that he wants you to have rebound and wait Rebound and wait on the wife that God is sending you. Rebound and wait. That's what you're doing. You're rebounding to wait on God. You're rebounding to wait on God's promise. Rebounding to wait. That is what God told me. Rebound and wait. So I'm going to rebound and wait on what God has planned, okay? And so... um. You know, like, but kind words cheer it up. So kind words will always cheer up anxiety. All right. So um, let's go to 2 Timothy 3 and 5. I'm sorry. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, 3 through 5. So it says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. 
As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Louise and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. So this is Paul writing a letter to Timothy, his son. And so he's telling him like, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did. See, this is something that we need to be looking at in a way where we could look up to this. This is something that we need to look up to. He start, He says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. It's like even in your past, whatever's going on, whatever will happen. Guess what? Can you serve God with a clear conscience? Do you have a clear conscience? See, I can go to sleep with a clear conscience. Can you go to sleep with a clear conscience? Right? I know some people, they say like in Chicago, they, they, they be like, um, oh no, I can't, they can't go over there in that neighborhood. They can't go over in this neighborhood. They can't go here. They can't go there. I'll be like, well, where can you go? To the corner? You going to go to the corner store or what's going on? So like when, when, cause I go everywhere, right? I'm going to go everywhere. So one time I moved into Inglewood. Well, I moved to Inglewood quite a few times. I actually, I love Inglewood. Okay, the the people in Inglewood, it's, it's not it's it's not the fact that Inglewood, because Inglewood is one of the most the, the one of the worst neighborhoods in the United States. That's what they say. But really, in actuality, if you go into Inglewood, Inglewood has a lot of people that have just been struggling, you know, and they, they but they do have a lot of love and support for each other. Some of the strongest support systems that I've ever seen when it comes to protecting what they what they call their own. This is ours. This is this is this is what we own. This is our land. This is where we're from. We they gonna take they care about it. You know, so people try they try to defend what they feel is theirs. And even if it's nothing, it means something to them. So um you know, when I think about these things and how some people, they don't like going in certain neighborhoods, like my health friends tell me, well, you need to think about where you're moving before you move there. Because you have friends that's going to visit you. I say, wait, wait, I'm not moving and picking on a neighborhood because of the friends and people that I know. Because everybody don't come to my house in the first place. So if you have a problem with where I reside, don't come to my house. Okay. So, like, we as a people should be able to go any and everywhere, right? Um, but that's not the case. So, how are you living your life? If you're living life to the point where you can't go in this neighborhood, you can't go in that neighborhood, what have you been doing? You really need to sit back and chill and, and sit back and say, God, how did it get this way? Because I, I, it doesn't make no sense whatsoever that you could be going through those type of experiences. Don't allow your life to continue on in a direction 
where you're not free. See, God sets you free from all of those things. God sets you free from anger. God sets you free from poverty. God sets you free from despair and hopelessness. God sets you free. So it is nothing that you can't have. Just trust God. So Paul is saying, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. This is a compliment. Remember to compliment others every day if you can. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Stay in prayer for people. Constantly pray for them. Stay in prayer. So even if you made me... Even if you rub me the wrong way or uh, upset me in a way, it's like, I'm going to still pray for you. I still want to see you do good. I still want to see you happy. I want to see you prosper. I want to see you do good. I want to see you successful. I want to see you own whatever you need. I want to see God's plan fulfilled in your life. I want to see good in your life. And this is for everybody. So can't nobody say, I don't feel that because I do. All right. Um, so recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. So just recalling your tears, just think about the bad stuff that have been going on in the lives of some people. We don't know what they experience are. We can only recall what they tell us. So recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. So recall those times when people confided in you and remember those things. Pray for them. Pray for them continually. Because we all need prayer and we all need God. So moving forward, let's go to um, Proverbs 28 and 23. Whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor rather than the one who has a flattering tongue. Okay, so this, this is real simple to understand this. Instead of you talking about a person, instead of you, you know, slandering them, it's better to rebuke the spirit that is in them. Rebuke the evil that you see. I rebuke the demonic spirit of slander out of that person in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke the spirit of deceit from this person's life in Jesus' name. I rebuke the spirit of lying. I rebuke the spirit of covetousness. I rebuke the spirit of publication. So you're rebuking these things. So that's why the Bible is saying in Proverbs 28 and 23, whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor because you're rebuking it. What's in them? You're rebuking it so they no longer have to experience it anymore. Rather than one who has a flattering tongue, you're like, oh, yeah, see, I like this. Uh, I like the new, this, this new person that you is. I'm glad that you could gossip with me today. I'm glad that you could slander other people with me today. So instead of them saying that, they flattering. They're speaking about those. Hi. Hi. How are you? So instead of them, you know, doing things in a way where they're rebuking that person, 
to get rid of what's the negative and the, the uncleanness, unclean spirits about it now. Now, instead, they, you know, they're not saying it, but they like, oh, I like when you fornicate. I like when you have sexual immorality. I like when you angry. I like when you're mad. Even though they're not speaking it, that's what they're trying to pull out of you. Hi, Ben. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for the love, too. I appreciate it. So that's what some people are doing, right? They have this, like, they, they won't say it, but they're actually, like, participating in those type of acts. Thank you again. Um, So they say, you know, I, I like when you have sexual immorality. I like when you're fornicating. I like when you haven't slurred coming out of your mouth. I like all of these things. And so when they, when they ask, when they're doing all of this stuff, that's the type of stuff that they like because they have a flattering tongue. So whoever rebukes a person in the end will gain favor, right? I'm from Chicago, but um, if you have questions for me, you can send me an email, all right? Um, I can respond to them there. So please try to remain on topic. Um, so whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor. So you need to rebuke. The, the spirits that is governing that person that is like leading them, you know, like into fornication, into adultery, into slander, into gossip. Those type of characteristics are not, you know, going to improve a person's lifestyle, right? Yes, you have a question. What, what question do you have? Thank you for the love again. Just go ahead and post the question. I'll, I'll see it. Um, so we, we should be rebuking the person and the spirit that they are have given authority to, right? And so that's what God wants us to do. So whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor rather than the one who has a flattering tongue. So yes, people with flattering tongues, yes, they're going to be like, oh, I like this and I like that. I like the fact that you party now. I like the fact that you getting drunk. I like the fact that you smoking weed, right? I like all of these things, right? So that that's them having a flattering tongue. So let me um just remove some of these here. All right, and now I'm going to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, 4. It's, it says, we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters. And rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. And the love of you have for one another is increasing. And the love that you have and the, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. So you remember that scripture that I was reading about, um, you know, just having, thank you for the love again. So just having faith, faith brings about you having perseverance. And so these are the things that you should boast about. Boast about your perseverance and faith, persecutions and trials that you're enduring. So I, like I said, I had, I was enduring like 
internal inconsistency and sexual and having sexual thoughts and sexual intimacy and those things were not something that god really wanted me to focus on so i had to like really like remove those things out of me by staying in constant prayer and also being able to fast fasting allows us to have a closer connection to god and god speaks to us more clearly so we we need to be available and open for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. So how are you being sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit? So if we're going to bring out anything. Not one question. So you do not understand certain things. What is it that you don't understand? So if you're going to boast about anything. You, you can boast about your perseverance and faith. And all the persecutions and trials that you are enduring. And so, Ben, I would recommend that you send me an email. You can send it directly to um, lawslifehealth at suddenchangescorporation.org. Let me, let me give it to you. Okay, so I, I sent you the email. You should be able to send an email there. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the wrong. It should be sudden changes. So let me send that again. Okay, I sent it again. So it's the second one that I sent. So if we're going to boast about anything you we should boast about our perseverance and faith in, in the persecutions and trials that we are enduring okay you're welcome being and and boast about how god is pulling us out and how god has pulled us through those things right so now i want to go to hebrews 3 and 13 and i'm still on complimenting others every day if you can so we, we should be complimenting each other like what this scripture is saying here because your faith is growing more and more and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. So as we compliment each other and encourage each other through inspiration and admiration, what we do is we increase in our love for each other, right? And so that's something that God wants us to do. So we should remember to do that. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. So it says, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So see, what happens is sometimes when you are around some people, they are going to try to discourage you. They'll speak doubt and unbelief. But remember what I said, when your faith is inverted, it'll have doubt and unbelief. So your hope will be in that doubt. Your hope will be in that unbelief. So don't have that, right? But when people do have have doubt and unbelief, they have inverted faith. So they're going to be easily given over into being deceived. So like I like the scripture said, the, the one that I was um, showing you here, let me go back to this scripture. I have so many scriptures up. I meant to minimize some of this stuff. Hold on a second. 
Okay, so it is not that one. Hold on. Well, I could look at that one too. So it's this one and it's another one. Okay, so this is John 12 and 40. He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so that they can, neither, they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn and I will heal them. Okay, and so looking at this verse, Hebrews 3 and 13. See, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So the deceitfulness of sin will harden people's hearts. But see, we see also that in um, John 12 and 40, that God also allows them to be blinded and their hearts hardened so that they can't see or understand. But if when you look at Hebrews 3 and 13, we see so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceit. So like when you're listening to people that always have doubt and unbelief, they have doubt and unbelief in their situation. So why would you call them to get more doubt and unbelief in your life? So don't call on people who you know already have doubt and unbelief. You have to pray for them. You have to be an encouragement to them. You have to be an inspiration to them. So God has allowed you to be in those, the lives of individuals that have doubt and unbelief so that you can inspire, encourage, and uplift. Now, when it's time for you to be encouraged, inspired, and uplift, and you have friends that you know are not going to be speaking doubt and unbelief, those are the people you want to call. You want to call people that are going to give you encouragement, inspiration, and uplift you. And if you don't have anybody and nobody is available, you open your Bible and you start reading it and let God inspire you. You say, God, inspire me today. Inspire my heart. Encourage me, God. Make me strong. I need you. Encourage me with your word. I need encouragement, right? So that, that way you can just get rid of all of that unbelief. So God, get rid of this doubt and unbelief. I rebuke unbelief in my life in the name of Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So you got to speak it. You got to live it. And you got to walk in the authority. I'm going to say it again. You got to walk in the authority that God has given you. You take authority. We're not timid. God's children are not timid. So now if you are God's child and you are timid, God didn't give you a spirit of timid. He doesn't want you to, he wants you to be bold for him. Now you may be timid in some areas, but God wants us bold. We need to be bold for Christ. We walk with the authority of Christ. We can't be just pushed over, period, right? As long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sins to see which we should be encouraging, inspiring, and uplifting them so that they will not be deceived or their hearts hardened by these deceitful practices in this world. Because what happens is we see that God's 
power is made perfect in our weakness. But what happens when people are not calling on God in their weakness? In 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, we see that God's power is made perfect in our weakness. So when you are not calling on God in your weakness, that means that a person can be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So it's like, okay, well, you you had somebody who betrayed you. And yes, they did. And then they tricked you. And then they harmed you. And then they hurt you. And then they caused emotional numbness. They gave you emotional pain. And now you're hurting. So how do you move forward? How do you move on? Do you give in to this hardened, hardened deceits that this person did to you? Do you give in to the, this hardened pain that they have allowed to come into your life through their betrayal? Do you allow it to, keep, to stay with you or do you let it go? Because what happens is many times a person will say, well, see, I, I can forgive, but I... can't forgive but i can't forgive it's okay to forgive and it's okay to forget because guess what you're not allowing that situation to keep you bitter don't be bitter if you notice or find yourself being bitter because of experience you better let it go and set yourself free because that means that bitterness that you've attached to that experience is now a stronghold in your life God don't want you to be attached to that stronghold. Let the stronghold go. Let it go. Don't be bitter. It's kind of hard sometimes to let go of things. But I say, you know, like, look, once you let it go and you give it to God, God is going to take care of it for you. It's no need to be bitter about it anymore. Just forget about it. Forget about the entire situation. Because guess what? God is going to be there with you and that's all you need to be concerned about let god be your stronghold see because you holding on to that bitterness that that could be a generational curse there are generational curses that are passed down from parent to parent to parent and they they children so the descendants of your great 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 grandparents who was holding on to bitterness is now transferred to the next generation and the next generation and everybody walking around in bitterness because each person has given authority to that bitterness don't give bitterness authority don't give anger authority you do it by holding on to it every time you see that person you may every time you talk Let it go and pray for them. Just let it go. As long as today is God does not want us to be hardened. So now I'm going to go to Jude chapter 1 verse 22. Be merciful to those who doubt. 
Be merciful to those who doubt. So when I talk to a person that's doubting God, it's like, oh God, I want them to experience what I've experienced with you. God, I want them to love and understand you the way I love and understand you. So in order to do that, you have to know that it's not about you. It's not. It's not about you. It's about getting through to that person, answering questions that they have. We are supposed to be able to give an answer to everything about our faith. So if you ask me a question about God, if you ask me something that's in the Bible, I can answer it for you. Whatever it is. I should be able to answer that. So we are supposed to give an answer about our faith because you should read the Bible. We should know what the Bible says. We should know what God means. Because once we are saved, the word is no longer just for us. It is for those that are lost. So it isn't, oh, I just want everybody at church to come to church and let us all be saved while the world is unsaved. Every church should be expanding. Each Every single church should be expanding. Like for instance, for me, I have invited all my neighbors and every, every person that I meet in Memphis. I ask every person I meet to go to church with me. Every single person. Every time I say, you want to go to church with me? You want to go to church? Do you want to go to church? Now I got to do more rounds of asking. Do you want to go to church? Do you want to go to church? So it's like the, mo the number one answer that I hear is, I don't have time. I don't got the time. I got to make time on Sunday. That's all I ever hear. People say, oh, I don't have the time to go to church. They don't have time. And so it's like God wants us to make time for him. And then some people say, well, well it, it, I, I shouldn't have to go to church to make time for God. I make time for him every day. Okay, fine. But guess what? God says don't forsake the assembly. So are you saying what the word of God says? And what you're saying is, are what you're saying superseding what the word of God says? Because now you contradicting what the Bible says. And you can't do that. Yes, you can have God in your heart. Yes, you can watch him on TV. Listen to the, not watch him on TV. Listen, listen to the power of God come out of the people on TV. But don't forsake the assembly. You, Your presence in church could impact the lives of the people that you're encountering. Can impact those people that, you know, like you might encourage somebody. You may never know. They might have anxiety. You might compliment them and change their entire mood. So church isn't for just to save people. So the more and more I, when I, if I go to church and all I see is just save people, everybody just save the same people, no new people. That's not what church is for. The church is for God's children. But if, if a, a, a shepherd had 99 sheep, a hundred sheep and one of them straight, he going to go look for the lost one. So it's about building on building and building and building the body of Christ. And so our goal as children of God is, is to be able to work with people that are unsaved. 
how are you working with people that don't believe in God? So like a lot of people that I know, they don't believe. And then when I tell them about God, I co I continually do the same thing. I'm going to tell you about God even when you say that you don't believe. Because I am not God. I just plant the seed and I either water the seed in your life. So if God's telling me to say it, I'm going to say it. If God want me to do it, I'm going to do it. Because now I'm no longer bold it, like I was in my old life for my own benefit, my own self, or my own, you know, like justifications. I am now bold for Christ. So when God tell me to say it, I'm going to say it. When God tell me to do it, I'm going to do it. Wherever he want me to go, I'm going to go. That's just the way that it is going to be. So we need to be merciful to those who doubt. And many times people don't understand the word of God. So it's very important for us as children of God to be able to read the word and understand it. So you ask God, God, give me revelation. Give me interpretation of your words so that I can understand it. Many people believe that, you know, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit are all different. But they're not. They are one. Jesus said the father and I are one. So if you understand the way God works, you look at you look at this scripture here, uh you you turn to the Bible to um hold on one second. I was trying to pull up. I thought I had it pulled up already, but I guess I did it. another one i want to pull up too so so you go to john 10 30 i and the father are one it's the same way similar in in marriage i explained that the other day how um how you know in a fight when a, when a man leaves his father and mother and is united unto his wife and the two become one flesh it is because of the authority Look here in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, it says, But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. So we see that in John 10 and 30, I and the Father are one. So Jesus and the Father is one. And, and we see this same thing. The head of Christ is God. So it's the Father, the Son, which is Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. So the head is Christ. I mean, the head is God and then Christ, right? So the head of Christ is God. The head of every man is who? Christ. The head of every woman is who? Man. So that's the order. So we understand the way marriage is, we can understand how the Holy Trinity is, okay? Even though the Holy, Holy Trinity is not mentioned in the Bible, it says the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So the Father is God, the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, the Father is God, the Son is Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. So you have access to the Holy Holy Spirit should be residing in you. If you are a woman, the head of every woman is man. 
So that would be your husband. Right? The head of every, it doesn't say the head of every woman is woman. It doesn't say the head of every man is man. Right? It says the head of every man is Christ and the head of woman is man and the head of Christ is God. Okay? So, yes, Jesus Christ was one with God. He's one with God. And I'll talk about that further um, in a bit. But I'm, I don't think I'm going to have enough time today. So I am going to have to consult um, on uh, Thursday because I'm closed on Wednesday. So understand that that is what the, the word of God is trying to explain to us. It's trying to tell us is that. Hold on, let me go back to. um. Jude 1 and 22. So we need to be merciful to those that doubt. It's about making sure that people that are not saved get saved. We are not the ones who save them. We are the ones who speak the word of God to them. Plant the word of God in their heart. Plant seeds and water seeds in their life. Right? So let me give you an example of what planting and watering is. So if someone is just say they are smoking. God wants us to honor our bodies. The way that we honor God is through our bodies. So you smoking, you defiling your body, meaning that you're contaminating the temple. Your body is the temple of God. So, the you know, like I was smoking, defiling my body, defiling the temple of God. Because smoking harms the body. It doesn't benefit the body. Even studies show with marijuana usage, people that smoke marijuana never finishes a task. I was looking at this video, this one man, he said that specifically, he said that when you smoke, weed is a psychedelic. So that means that you're opening up a realm of you're not authorized to open. So if you're not going into another realm and with God, then you're opening up a realm in your life that you're not authorized to access. That's what he said. I don't remember specifically who he was. I was like glancing through some videos and that's what I saw him say. It was a, a Caucasian dude. He said that he was rich before he was a kingpin or something like that with tattoos everywhere. And that's what he said. I don't remember his name. I would love to give him credit for that. But um, when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's that's powerful. That's a different perspective, you know? So you have to understand that when you smoke marijuana, as he said, it's a psychedelic. And what it does, it gives you unauthorized, un unauthorization to a different realm that God didn't allow you to access. You don't have authorization. You don't have authorization to access that realm that you're trying to go down. So, we need to have access to what we're doing through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need to be merciful to those that doubt, according to Jude chapter 1, verse 22. Okay? All right. So I'm going to end tonight with that. And so um, on Thursday, I'll be picking up on um, do some journaling, exercising, walking, and getting sunlight. Okay? And... uh. So I'll go over some scriptures about being idle, being active. All right. And so let me go ahead and pray. 
Father God, we just come boldly before your throne and grace again. Thank you so much for leading me in this discussion. I just pray that we we can receive your word and be excited to understand God for all of the people in the world. This goes for every single person, not exclusive, Father God. Every single person, Father God, anyone that do not understand your word, God, that have been blinded or whose heart has been hardened, God, we just come boldly and ask, God, that you give them a double portion of your mercy, Lord, and allow them to grow and understand who you are, God. Allow your word to reveal your kindness. Allow your word to inspire and encourage those that are lost, God, so that their hearts can be softened, Lord God, and melted for you, God. Whatever it takes, shaking and awakening everybody in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your will be done, not ours. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is still in your blood. Amen. Okay. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Um, once again, please like, please like the page, share, 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 share on all of your social media platforms. If you, um, wanted to send me an email, send it, send them you the email addresses. You can send prayer requests. If you wanted to do community service, internships, um, if you wanted to suggest the topic or suggest the next topic, send me an email. You can either send that to Laws Life Health at SuddenChangesCorporation.org or info at SuddenChangesCorporation.org or send me an email directly, Deanna Watson at SuddenChangesCorporation.org. Thank you all so much for joining me tonight. I really do appreciate it. I will see you all on Thursday. You all have a good night.